Well, I have a confession to make. Hmm. You I don't thought, really like Tom Cruise. No, I, 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 I was thinking more about it. I was re-listening, actually, to the, to, to the, the Top Gun episode. I was listening mm-hmm. to it last night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and was disagreeing strongly with many of your dislikes. And I was like... Really? Man, I, and I was like, man, this is the movie that made me like Tom Cruise. Like, right. that alone right. is a merit unto itself <laughs> yeah mm. i'm sorry what were you thinking uh, my confession is i thought i had seen babe before <laughs> and it turns out that i likely saw the sequel pig in the city oh yeah you know what As, I like, thought you were... it would have been 20 plus years ago oh for so, sure you know. so like no faults for confusing the two no I I have a confession to make. So I personally was aware of what Babe was, but I was also confusing it with another film that I had a bit of confusion when I was watching this and I was ex- different things were happening. But you know how, and it's not just like children's movies or Disney movies, but like just in Hollywood, it always seems like there's a fad or like a popularity of like if one volcano movie comes out then another comes out so like you know if sure. dante's peak comes out with pierce brosnan volcano or whatever it's, it's called comes out yeah. with tommy lee jones you know like or, it's just like if one comes out then there's like two or three of that come out and they're usually within like a really close period of time or like there 12 was, years ago when it like six different studios were making a snow white movie right yeah. Like the funny thing is that wasn't really hyperbole because it like was actually it genuinely six, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there was the same thing with this there was another pig movie that I confused it and it was around 1995 like it might have been 94 96 and I had to Google it and I remembered it as a kid it was called I think like Gordy or something oh. and it was about this pig that I mean it's essentially a lot of things were similar and I now I can see why there was the, the confusion but it's about this pig that gets separated from its family who coincidentally like I think are sent to like a butcher plant or something mm-hmm. and so this pig has to travel across America to like find his family and the difference is like it like is befriended by like a country music singer or something like living in a trailer so like I hate I it already it, I don't think it was a singing, like a country singing pig, but there was definitely music involved. Yeah. No, that would not uh, have... My, uh, <laughs> I was, expe- I was I kind of half expecting it. you to say, like, you know, I all like, where was the spider that was writing words in the web and stuff? Like, a, you know, what pig right. movie is this? Yeah. Okay, so I looked. It's called Gordy. It was from Disney. Okay. And uh, my point is, it. I was... <laughs> Has, I'm just googling it now. Has a shining twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. My point Ooh. is, I was pleasantly surprised. I was kind of regretting, like, oh, when we watch Babe 1995, there'll be these country music segments. They never came, and I was happy. Thank but. the maker. <laughs> Thank you also for joining us. We are the Movie Men Podcast. I am Peter. That is Brady, and uh, we're just getting our pig movies. In a, in a row on the same page, but we are here to talk Babe 1995. Yeah, welcome to a bonus episode as well. Bonus episode. And listen, this won't be like a necessarily a predictor of things to come, but it, this is the second time in a short period of time that this has happened. So 
the the again peeling back the curtain we had a vote the the winner of the vote will be upcoming in our, our main episode so this episode will just be about the film there will be no news no what you watched um and this was the runner-up so voting was pretty much between two films and uh, babe was the in second place and it was it wasn't close per se by the actual tally to votes but it was still a strong enough uh, response that I was like, hey, there's there's enough interest for this. So, and we had curiosity. So the curiosity mixed with the response. We were like, hey, might as well let's let's give it a whirl. Yeah, and both times, may I add, both <clears throat> times you've been the instigator of. I have bonus episodes, which so I'm starting to wonder because like because we used to do right, like we were doubling up with Black Mirror, we were doubling up with with 007 we're you know at times there were all we were these, triple like, at times we were tripling up with 007 yeah and so and then you were the one that was like oh man i have a life <laughs> I, I like i can't be doing all this all the time right. and then now right. you're the one who's like yeah do you want to do two episodes this week i so i don't i'm you know i don't I know don't, what's i don't know what's going on here but i don't either yeah oh. strange strange times yeah. So I'd never seen Babe before, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, initial impression, me. Um, this movie's dark. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Like it's downright grim at times. Like it's edgy for a children's movie. Um, Ed- edgy's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like dealing with the butchering and the you know, and not even like. I won't say untastefully, but not like tactfully. Like they just kind of like, I don't know. They just like throw it in your face and at times kind of make light of it. And it's funny mm. and it's, you know, yeah. um, I, there were some, there are some moments of this movie that I adore and I think are fantastic. Sure. There are some elements of this movie that I think are fantastic. Sure. Um, I'm obviously clearly at this age, like, and, and having not apparently grown up with this movie, right. I'm not the demographic for it. Um, right. And I also don't think that children today are the demographic for it. Um, mm. But it does feel like a, a completely suitable and adequate 1990s children's movie. Right. Um and so, yeah, I, you know, I didn't have as much fun with it consistently as I would have liked to, sure. um, but there were enough fun redeeming moments for it that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a shit show for me. I wasn't like, <laughs> oh, this is awful. Shut it off. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's kind of, I, that's, in a nutshell, that's kind of my initial, sure. initial impression. Sure. I had some, so my initial impression, I had some background of it. I had seen it as a child. Um, my grandparents, I believe owned it. And that's why I watched it. They really like in real life, they had border collie dogs. So they were this, they were just interested in this story. And by then exposed, like I was exposed to this film as a result of it. And, um, I don't remember if I've seen this as an adult or not. So regardless, it's either been a long, long time or a pretty long time that I didn't remember most of it. Um, I was shocked watching it and then doing some looking at it afterwards about a few things. One, it's commercial response, 
was wild, mm. made a mm. lot of money. I was mm. shocked by its accolades. The uh, like the awards response was pretty well recognized. And oh, I was you put also Hugo Weaving. You put Hugo Weaving in a movie, and right, you know, right? the rest it just takes care of itself. <laughs> and uh, it also had apparently a pretty big social response, where uh, the film had what is quote unquote a marked effect on the growth of vegetarianism, particularly among the young demographics. And I'm reading off Wikipedia here, but um, oh, it because people it, were it, eating babes' parents. Well, yeah, like it, it brings a more personalized perspective of an individual animal, right? And so, um, yeah, just the views kind of, you know, to a degree changed. And then specifically, I think I knew this, James Cornwell, is it Cromwell or? Yeah, Cromwell. Uh, he became an ethical vegan after this as a result. And I, I, had, I, I knew about this because I think he had like handcuffed himself to like a Starbucks when they were charging more for like plant-based milks. And like, he's done things in the news where I'm like, okay, yeah, makes sense. So uh, I guess I was just surprised about all these impactful responses that this film had in, in different ways. Um, I, I will say I was surprised by how dark it was, as, as you said. And one specific moment that was really dark for me was this whole like, the two dogs rex and fly because as a kid i was like oh dogs are fighting and whatnot but like in this whole world of like you're humanizing these these characters essentially right because so you're making them talk and have kind of relatable human aspects you're essentially like having these characters having a domestic dispute where like the man oh yeah attacks they're having the woman. a full-on domestic oh yeah and like she is injured and like there's just after effects of like her being kind of timid and scared of him and not even talking so like as a kid i think i was like this is sad because these dogs are biting each other and whatnot but as an adult that part really hit for me I'm like this is actually quite serious and somber like this is not not uh it, it cuts a bit deeper as an adult when you can kind of understand it but that aside there was some edginess to it i can't explain this and this is the end of my initial impression as a film it was what it was and we'll talk about it but there was something visually and aesthetically that like drew me in and suspended my disbelief of this film and it was just about the setting like the farmer's cottage for me just hit and like the style of the farm and how it's nestled in this little corner of the world. And it's in the 1990s, but like it's essentially timeless. Like I just wanted to chef kiss every time I saw a scene. And I was like, I want to be here. Like I want to spend a week here. And like just the calm moments where he's like, you know, eating his lunch under the tree with his animals and just like enjoying a peaceful break or tending to his sheep and like cutting their, their wool and like flapping their fleeces in the sun. Like there was just something about it that like, I don't know. I can't explain, but it, it, that like just visually, I was like, I want to be here. It felt so real to me, and um, I I can't explain it. But regardless, and it uh, uh, a unique film. I I will say it's my initial impression. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah, dark. Like I, for me, the scene that stuck out was when the sheep gets attacked by those dogs. Right. And I'm like. I didn't expect to see blood like right yeah I yeah there's just a lot of like mm -hmm. there were a lot there were several moments where I thought to myself would I just plop my kids down in front of the TV and walk away and let them watch this <sighs> right 
Yeah. I mean... Which is a weird thing to say about a talking pig talking movie. Talking pig but. movie. Yeah, I feel like there's a debate to be had. I guess I'm like on the spectrum. It's not the most risque thing, but I will admit it's not like the first thing that I'd be like, yeah, compared to like Cinderella or some, you know, some classic cartoon that's generally accepted to be acceptable. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying Mm -hmm. where you have visual blood and like things getting eaten. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean... that I did write this down. In what universe does the farmer think the pig was the culprit for killing that sheep? Right. And then immediately, like, you know, doesn't investigate any further. He's like, well, time to get my gun. <laughs> right. Having bacon tomorrow. Like, yeah, he was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just want to say this. Going into this, like, just, I'm going to list a couple movies. I'm not going to phrase it as a question. Just, like, give your initial impression. Like, the first thing that comes to mind. Which of these films has the most Oscar nominations of 1995? Babe, Toy Story, Pocahontas, or Braveheart? Oh, I mean, I feel like the obvious, like, I feel like the obvious thing to say is Braveheart, but... Um, babe, Pocahontas. I don't think Pocahontas was super well received. I it mm. may have won or been. Are you saying won or nominated? Just nominated. It it was likely nominated for some soundtrack stuff. Um, mm. I have to say, I, I'm positive it's wrong because it seems too obvious. But I like I can't say anything other than Braveheart. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Braveheart had the most at ten, but Babe had seven. Wow, Oscar and, nominations. And just sit down, like just I'm going to walk you through it. So there's like the things that make sense. It's like okay, best visual effects, best editing. You know things like it's okay if you're having animals visually altering their mouths to talk. It's like okay, yeah, some of these make sense because some some merit was done here. So you got best visual effects nom. Film editing nom, best art direction nomination, best adapted screenplay because it was based on a children's story. You got some best supporting actor nomination, best director nomination, and wow. best best picture nomination. Wow! Right? Apparently, ninety-five I, was a dry year. <laughs> I mean, it's. I won't go as far as saying that because I won't rip on Babe by any means. And if I'm just quickly looking at Best Picture, so you got Braveheart, that one. So, I mean, that makes sense. You have Apollo 13, Babe, um, Costino, the postman, something I've never heard of, and Sense and Sensibility. So, I mean, some things that were big, um, but maybe you could classify that as light. Um, it's still weird to have Babe on that list, though. It it does. <laughs> it does. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just had to say that. Like, that is just shocking. Like like I said, the response this movie had is... Uh, it's not just like a little cult following of people who saw it and grew up with it and loved it. Like this... No, people really like Babe. People really like Babe. I mean... So... Yeah... 
And I mean, at the time, I think I would get that. Mm-hmm. Like in the 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I probably would have shared a lot of that. And I, like I said, there's some things I love. So stuff that I love about this, um, there are clearly some scenes where we're dealing with real animals um, yes. and incredibly well-trained animals. Like I, some of the stuff that I was seeing them do, like choreography-wise, I'm like, oh, right. this is really impressive. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, they say never work with animals or children when you're making <laughs> movies because it's a pain in the ass, but they... Right. They've knocked this out of the park. Um, there were also some, at times, seamless changes between animals and puppetry, um, which I think was masterfully done. And sometimes if you weren't looking for it, you weren't going to spot it. Um, and that was because Jim Henson, like the Jim Henson company, was involved in the puppetry. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, you know, there was... There was rarely if ever a moment where the puppetry took me out of it i was always like okay i buy it like you know i'm along for the ride it fits the aesthetic like everything everything about this is fun my favorite moment the moment that like won me over and probably redeems all of the eh, lackluster moments sure is literally the like i was audibly laughing out loud (laughs) when the duck is at the window freaking out because babe's going mm. in to to get the alarm clock oh, and yeah. is like dragging that and he's just like jumping up and down at the window and he's like panicking mm. and free and it was so funny to me i don't know why i don't know why mm. i was mm-hmm. so in hysterics over that um yeah. but yeah there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of cuteness to this movie there's a lot of fun funny moments um, even if it's just things where like, you know, oh, the, you know, the pig was supposed to do this and the pig <laughs> fell over or fell off of this right. while they were, so we added yeah. in some, we wrote it into the script. Um, right. but it all right. kind of works and it all adds to, you know, sort of the mm-hmm. young, innocent, naive clumsiness of babe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, all in all, it's a good it's a good story and you like again that has to be attributed to the author of the book but like sure i think the i think it would have been easy to just have a, a a story that was about this pig and life on the farm and blah 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 but the subplot of the relationship between the babe between the pig and the farmer mm-hmm. and then this competition And, and all of it, like, it just added such a nice, like, it was like an extra hug at the end around the story Mm. that just kind of really made it feel, it it added such a a feel good aspect to it as opposed Mm. to, oh, just a cute movie with talking animals. Um, Uh, Yeah. And I'm literally thinking as we're saying this, I think my counter to that is it does have a lot of cute moments and heart moments with all these subplots. But I wonder if sometimes it's a little hollowed out, like it's a little unfinished or rounded out in a balanced out with not not finished out moments. Here, let me let me say that in a less awkward way. So we've got the, the subplots and the good things of the emotional parts, but sometimes, th- sometimes I think they're just kind of dropped. So, for example... 
um, when Babe is warned by the sheep that all dogs are evil or some such, and Babe is like obviously a little sour, a little hurt, and then like it just is like briefly talked about with the mother dog and then just kind of like moved on or just this whole emotionally raw moment where this cat is trying to manipulate babe and saying hey you know this is basically your lot in life and this is you know your family is probably dead and you know just kind of revealing truths and it's a very brief brief kind of raw moment where babe is like is this what is this true is this where my family is and the mother dog's like yeah i'm sorry probably and then it's never really explored again and babe never brings it up like it's just kind of like a moment and then it's just moved on it's not that this is really influencing babe and having larger ripple effects which arguably would be very rational to have to have this life altering news broken so like just little things like that where there's moments that could have been larger conflict internally for babe in a movie that is all about these subtle nuanced little internally kind of moments for this animal there was the opportunities for that to be more of a internal conflict and instead it just happened they briefly address it a little bit and then it just kind of moves on so I, I would argue, and I'm just arguing to myself because I'm trying to balance out what's good and what's not good. There's some good things, but I think there's some unfinished or just some abruptly stopped stopped things. And even for this subtle relationship or this, this warm relationship with the farmer and the pig, I find the farmer's wife a little too one-dimensional. Like, she's just comedically one-dimensional as far as the amount of screen time and the, the role that she's given, but... Yeah, I mean she's she's just kind of like a supporting character though, right? Like yeah. she's not. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I do know what you mean though. Like I thought uh, yeah. With the whole all dogs are evil thing, that one didn't bother me just because mm. you know, to me it was like it was like a child if some stranger or someone at school tells your kid something. Mm. And then the kid comes home and because sure. the dogs had essentially become babe's right. parents. Yeah. Um that's and true. so, you know, and you're, and then the parent says, no, that's not true. This is the truth. Mm. Typically, the kid goes, oh, okay, and right. accepts the new truth and moves on. Yeah, the, that's, that's, that can be. The breaking of the truth to Babe, though, I, yeah, I don't think I noticed that they didn't bring it up again or flesh it out further, but mm-hmm. I did think it was a weird scene for me, only because yeah. she doesn't, the mother dog doesn't, she doesn't seem super comforting in this moment. And, right. And there isn't like, again, I'm going to use the word tactful again. Like, mm-hmm. she just kind of, yep, that's true. <laughs> like, like it's it, it just didn't have that. Like, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if your child comes to you and they have discovered some sort of truth or, you know, like, mom, am I adopted or whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. that's like a, y- you approach that conversation awkwardly and slowly and and sure. with a a you, you kind of head it up with how much that child is loved in this family and like you know all of these things before saying you know and 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 then you kind of you do acknowledge the truth but you don't dwell on it you don't make that the focal point of what's being said mm-hmm. um whereas yeah this was just like yes the only purpose of pigs is to be eaten <laughs> and your family is dead. 
and <laughs> and and then doesn't even like doesn't even like physically comfort him not like why don't right. you spend the night he- here or like puts a paw over him or what like just he mm. like just goes off into the rain or something yeah and like and i'm just like what are you what are you doing dog like i and I guess just from a story perspective, it does seem quite random to have this. I mean, I think there's enough conflict as far as this new thing of a pig going to a, a herding contest. Enough of the anticipation of that that I don't think we need another client, like a, another conflict going on. So to have this not fully fleshed out as far as them comforting each other and then him going off and freezing overnight just seems kind of like a really random one off that. You know, if that had been erased from the film, it wouldn't have been any less in my mind, and it wouldn't have been like it would have still been seamless transitioning to the climax. Right. And so I Sim- guess I just wonder why does it? Do you really need to be here if you're not helping our character grow by the end of the film? I would agree, and but but only because like simply because it wasn't fleshed out because it wasn't yeah, they never sure. drove it home and and did yeah. anything with it. Yep. It yep. The, the other thing that. It, that moment serves and it's it was confusing for me and i just kind of moved past it because at that point i kind of didn't care um is babe running off and spending the night freezing is used as this extremely convenient plot point for rex's redemption and i didn't understand like so the dog is now heavily Mm. sedated all the time but he clearly isn't in this moment like he you know the next time we see him he doesn't appear to be sedated Mm -hmm. um and and yeah and and then all of a sudden like the last time we saw this dog he was sedated with a muzzle and now he's like leading the hunt to go find babe Hmm. and i was like what like (laughs) why was Mm -hmm. why was our first instinct to let this killer dog off the leash (laughs) to to go help like what (laughs) What is the what is the thought process right. here? <laughs> Maybe it's the same process of, hey, blood on the pig, get the gun out. Yeah, shoot the one, first, ask questions later. One big, I don't know if it's a merit or something. Like the, there was a moment where this film made me see something from a different perspective. Um, Interesting, and it wasn't the vegetarian veganism thing, sure. but it was seeing, like you see in movies all the time or maybe even real life you know a cute little kid picking out their puppy from a a litter Mm. on a farm and it's Mm -hmm. like this happy heartwarming joyous Mm. thing child and puppy are being united this is the first time that i've seen it from the perspective of a mother and father of these dogs Mm. and it was just it was borderline heart-wrenching like it was she's she's standing there watching her babies be taken away from her and and i just yeah it was like whoa like it it just knocked me back and i was like i have never i have never experienced this mm. okay and it wasn't just like oh this is normally a whatever thing it was like this is normally such a happy moment they have mm. entirely flipped the script on me and made yep. me see this from an alternate yeah. angle yeah uh, and so that was really fascinating to me that's cool yeah yeah that's it's pretty uh pretty eye-opening from the dog's perspective yeah. yeah uh you've picked it apart a little bit what are some things that uh that that did it for you 
Uh, you know what? I think we gl- lightly touched on them, but it's it is the comedic moments. There are heartwarming moments. I mean, I do like the farmer pig relationship, and, and you know, just as abrupt and weird as this whole him running off and needing aid was. I did enjoy the farmer singing and just losing himself and dancing for this pig, and you know, it, there's there's something again the timeless the time I, I was just was really into this farm like I, I just loved the timelessness of it how separate from society these these parents were from their adult kids you know no fax machine just it's set in the 90s but you look at it and just you, you if there weren't any hydro lines or anything like that or, or cars you could say hey it's 1847 or 1951 like it's very timeless and so just the aesthetic of who this main supporting character was and his relationship with this pig, just all all of that I worked for me. Worked for me. I felt like I was transported. I felt like I was in another world. Um, and it's weird to say that was the thing that transported me in a film about a world where animals talk. That, that to me, was just kind of funny, but not as powerful for me. And it's probably because I'm an adult watching a children's movie. If you had to wager a guess, where would you say this movie is set? I am so happy you brought that up. I haven't the dangest clue. It honestly reeks of... Reeks is not a good word because that's like a negative connotation. It very heavily makes me think like Great Britain, the UK, maybe Australia. Um, But it's just so weird because... Our main characters don't like have heavy, heavy dialects or accents to give a tipping away of where it is. And even at this conclusion of the film where there's like TV broadcasters and announcers and judges, they didn't have a synchronized, you know, dialect or um, accent to say, oh, yeah, this is Great Britain. No, this is Australia. No, this is Scotland. No, this is the UK. And my point is it honestly seemed like maybe the united states because of their accents and vehicles and fax machines and whatnot but it nothing about it screamed usa to me right it was filmed in australia yeah and so i looked it up because i looked it up when i was like because i would have thought yeah okay like you know somewhere in britain or like it just has that kind of like potato feel look to it yep but then it's Christmas time and there's no season change. And I'm like, where the right? hell is this? Like, <laughs> but it's yet Christmas day still... and there's not an ounce of snow on the ground. Like, what's... But yet, seasonally, sometimes they do get cold enough where this dog, like, got cold and got an ear infection and nearly died or what have you. Yeah, but still, there's no snow. Like, I was like, this, this right. can't be the UK because I'm pretty sure the UK sees snow at Christmas. There's some very southern tips that, like, at times, it's more like rain. Um, so, I guess it's not impossible to be Britain. But right. So, I looked it up. Oh, okay. And the story is supposed to be set. It says the movie is set. Okay. In Australia. Oh. But there's not okay. one son of a gun in this movie that has even remotely an Australian no. accent. Not even a bit. And so that, to me, was jar- a little jarring once I mm-hmm. looked at it. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe the timeless quality of this also extends to sort of a locationless quality. Like, it d- kind of doesn't sure. matter. Where yep. Sort of like in Top Gun Maverick. Something I was thinking about is, like, 
there's never a mention of what country they're against, who they're fighting. Not once do they say this is, you know, oh, it's it's the Russians or it's the so and sos or it's whoever else. Like mm, it, it, it's, it's literally it does. Yeah. It's good guys versus bad guys. The bad guys have black planes. The good guys have white planes, and it's just like, and you're like, but it doesn't take you out of it. You're like, okay, it doesn't matter. It's the bad guys. The bad guys have this stuff. Right. Um, and so yeah, so uh, it, maybe that can be extended to this a little bit that it it it's not integral to the story where it's set it really mm-hmm. has no bearing um right. but again yeah it was just odd for me i was like you mm-hmm. guys didn't even try <laughs> you literally and yeah everyone like this is the most cultural mixing pot because everyone has <laughs> everyone's got a different accent in this movie yeah. so yeah, yeah. Even the I'm animals. glad you brought that up because that was <laughs> that was a burning question for me. Yeah, uh, do I think that about wraps it up? Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else to. You know, it's cute. It's fun. Yep. Yep. Um, it's mind blowing because it's just things. I think about things like this sometimes, and it's just time does not slow down. But this is only six years before Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And, like, when I look at Babe, I go, ooh, okay, you know, 1995, you know, not that it's old, but it's, you know, it's it's got some mileage on it. And I still, in my mind, in the back of my mind, I go, Lord of the Rings. It's like, oh, yeah, it's hip, it's cool, it's what you, your kids want these days. And then I go, but this is only six years older than Lord of the Rings. It's only four years older than The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Can't <laughs> shut up. Oh. Right? My gosh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, cute movie. Has some moments. Isn't perfect. Isn't in, it's you know, it's not incredible. It hasn't working into it its way into a gold standard of great for kids or great for both kids and adults, but I don't regret watching it. No, neither do I. And I mm-hmm. I don't I'm not sure it's aged super well. Like I don't know how interested the average child would be maybe if you sat them in front of it young enough but then again i'm maybe. i'm back to like mm-hmm. i don't know how old do you have to be to see some of the stuff that's in this movie <laughs> right yeah so scale is zero to ten sir then for babe the pig i gave it so on my scale it you know i don't need to see it in theaters i would not want to pay premium access to see it if it was on a streaming site for free that's kind of my ideal effort money resource allocation towards seeing it on a scale of zero to 10 i gave it a six it's not excellent enough to be in a good category for me but it's still got a good ratio of things that i like to what i dislike and it's still a bit over the fence so it's on it's a six out of ten what what do you give it out of ten i too was glad like because it was on uh crave and so i was glad to you know not have to pay any extra but i you know I gave it a 6.5. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's again, it didn't do it for me in a lot of ways. Sometimes it really did. And I thought it was super funny and fun and whatever. Um, but I do really appreciate, again, like the puppetry and the visuals and the animal training and the, like there's enough redeeming qualities about it that it, it deserved to be well above that 5 out of 10 mark. Mm, yeah. Yeah. 
So wrap it up, sir. Well, I will give a shout out to uh, our voting patrons who voted for this. Shout out to Carl. Shout out to Marshall. You guys felt strongly about this, as did other people who voted for it. So uh, thank you for using your votes as you saw fit. Thank you for all who voted, uh, not just for Babe, but just in general. Not just for our movie podcast either, just for voting in general. It's always good. Uh, But thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Like, follow, subscribe wherever you can. Uh, Check out our Patreon page below. Help us pay the bills. Help us give you some perks back. And um, until we talk next time about Toy Story, which will be our feature episode. For like the 17th time. (laughs) That's not true. It's not. It's it kind of feels true. like it. Feels like it, it. it is true. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>